Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Vineyard Online. I am so honored to be able to preach to you this morning and so glad that you're here. We are in a series called Ten Talks, and we're walking through the Ten Commandments over the summer. And this week, we're going to be on commandment number four. Uh, if you've missed the first uh, three, I really encourage you to go back. You can watch on our website. You can download a podcast. However you get your, your media, I really encourage you to get all ten of these. Make that a goal for the summer. Now, as we've talked about in previous weeks, uh, there's something inside us human beings that push back on rules. We don't like rules, generally speaking. Uh, And so it's easy to look at the Ten Commandments and think, oh, there's ten rules that God gives us that we have to follow. But in reality, they are a pathway. They are a, a roadmap to living a full life. They're a roadmap to having a functional and free society. Because when people live these out as a society, it is the bedrock, the foundation for freedom, for liberty, for prosperity, for all of those things. And when we live them out on an individual level, it is the same. Now, there are eight don'ts and two do's. Um, And like I said, they are not limitations. They're guardrails to a great life. Uh, I love the story that Nikki Gumbel tells in the Alpha Course. We offer the Alpha Course here at the Vineyard on a regular basis, and there's a story that he tells when he teaches the course about when he took his son to a soccer game. His son was young, he played soccer, they went to a game, uh, and the referee didn't show up. And all the other soccer moms, he was the only dad there, looked at him and said, you're going to have to ref this game. Well, he didn't know the rules. And he was like, he kind of pressed into it and goes out with the whistle, blows the whistle, and the game starts. And kids are like kicking each other. There are fouls everywhere. The ball's in and out of bounds. There are no rules because he doesn't know the rules. And what ended up happening was the kids were super frustrated because they didn't get, they didn't play by the rules. There there were no guidelines to keep the game moving in the right direction. Kids got hurt. It was a mess. Eventually the referee did show up, however, got the blood cleaned off of everybody's shins and got them back out on the field. And they played a real game with the rules and the kids had a blast. Up to that point, the kids were not having fun at all. God's goal for your life is that you live life in all of its fullness, but there has to be guardrails, there have to be some, a baseline of, of civil society, a baseline of life, um, life rules that we live by, or it's chaos and it's not fun for anybody, including you. See, when we live by these, we win. And when we live by these, others win. And when we don't, well, the opposite is true. Now, the first four uh, of the commandments are really oriented between us and God. They're, they're vertical in nature. Uh, we went over the first three already. God is first. That's number one. God needs to be in first place in our lives. He is God. The second is we don't worship other gods. There's no other idols. We don't build things and bow down to them. God is it. The third, we talked about last week, the name ain't no game. It has to do with how we honor the name of God. Such an important one. And this week, we're going to talk about rest and Sabbath. And I'm titling this week's message, Rest is the Best. Now, in the weeks to come, we're going to look at honoring your parents, not murdering, not committing adultery, not stealing, telling the truth, and not wanting 
too badly what is not yours. Call that covet covetedness. And so those are the, the, some of the other ones we're going to talk about. But these were the, the foundation for, for uh, the people of Israel, for their civil society, and, and really uh, for our, our nation as well. Uh, and so uh, we're going to dive in. We're going to unpack these. Thankfully, today, our relationship with God isn't dependent on our ability to keep those rules perfectly. It's dependent on the grace of God given to us through Jesus in the new covenant. But these 10 words, as the Israelites called them, these 10 commandments still carry great power in our lives to this very day. So today, let's talk about the Sabbath. Let's talk about how rest is the best. Now, in my opinion, this is a forgotten commandment. Like we still, we still take very seriously, do not murder, right? But as far as taking a day of rest, we have thrown this one to the side as a society. And even, even among Christians, we have thrown this to the, to the side in recent years. I'm going to read to you this commandment from the book of Exodus, chapter 20 and verse 8. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. But this is what it says. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals. God's taking care of all the loopholes, right? He's like, you can't hire somebody from outside the community to come do work for you on the Sabbath. This is a totally a day of rest. It's, it's so important. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. God made this day holy. He sat at the holy means set aside. He drew a boundary around it and said, don't violate this. We're going to sit this day aside for me and for you. And this is, as, you're, as you will see, this is a gift of God to his people. You know, one of the things I have noticed about our culture in this day and age is that everybody's tired. You ask people, how are you? And they'll say, oh, I'm tired. It's almost a badge of honor. Like, I work so hard, I'm just, I'm tired. Or I'm, it's just a way to complain or, or whatever, just exist. You know, I'm tired, therefore I am. Uh, but it didn't used to be that way. Do you know that? It didn't used to be that way. Uh, this is a relatively new phenomenon. It used to be, though, and I think, this is, I think this ties directly to this commandment. It used to be, not too long ago, about 50 years ago, that our entire culture shut down on Sunday. Actually, it would shut down around 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Uh, businesses would close, shops would close their doors, people would go home and take care of their chores, get things done, and then Sunday was a day of rest. And the whole culture rested. The grocery stores closed, the hardware stores closed, everything closed, and people honored the Sabbath. The whole culture rested. Now, you fast forward 50 or 60 years, uh, and in that time, businesses realized, oh my goodness, we're missing a day, a day and a half of, of revenue generation. We can make so much more money if we're open those extra hours and people are going to go shopping. I mean, you go to, to Lowe's on a Sunday and it's packed and they're making a ton of money, right? And so we've gone from a, a society generally, whether you are Christian or not, that that honored this day, or at least rested on this day, to a society that doesn't rest ever. We just keep going 
24-7. And we wonder why we're tired. Now, I know for some of you, uh, you're asking this question. Chris, are, are you saying that the Bible is and that God is suggesting that we be lazy? And the answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, we live in Wheeling, West Virginia, in the upper Ohio Valley, and one of the cultural nuances of our region, because there are regional nuances and regional cultures, uh, one of them here is a strong work ethic. Like, if you're not working, you're lazy. That's, that's kind of something that's drilled into us from an early age. It's part of, part of our community. And, uh, and, and I wrestle with this because I grew up here, right? But Sabbath is not a laziness clause. Let me say that again. Sabbath is not a laziness clause. It's a restoring rhythm given to us by God. You know, in the Bible, it makes it, makes it very clear that Sabbath is resting from work. It, it doesn't mean that we do less work. It, it, what it does mean is we're able to do more work in less time. Uh, God believes in work. God, there is a theology of work throughout Scripture. And obviously God believes in work because he says in this commandment, six days you shall labor and do all your work. Absolutely. He wants us to work and he wants us to work hard. But he also wants us to rest and worship and reconnect with him. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, we're going to go back to the beginning. Genesis is the first book of the Bible and uh, the first part of Genesis is the account of the creation of, of the world and of, of mankind. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, we, we see God has just complete, finished uh, making man on the sixth day, making human beings. And in verse 2, it says this, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had done, been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day. And made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God creates the heavens and the earth. He, he creates all the animals and everything that's alive and, and not alive here on earth, including us. And then God takes a Sabbath day. He gives us an example. But I want you to notice something here. God makes people on the sixth day, right? And the very first thing he does after making us is he invites us into rest. He invites those first people into a day of rest and a day of relationship with him. This day is set aside. We slow down. We can focus on relationships because busyness is the enemy of connection and the enemy of relationship. And so God invites us to slow down, to recoup, to rest, to charge our batteries and to connect in relationship with him and other people. God invites us to a radically different life than we see around us. He wants us to start out of a place of rest and peace and to start out of relationship. You know, he says, be, in, in the psalmist writes, be still and know that I am God. Well, knowing God requires stillness. It requires us to unplug from our busyness for a period of time. And God in his wisdom, because God made us and he made the earth and all the laws that govern all of its properties, he knows how it works. And God says we need 24 hours of rest every seven days. Be still and know that I am God, he says. You know, I violated Sabbath last week. My Sabbath, typically I do Sabbath 
from uh, Friday at 5 p.m. till Saturday at 5 p.m. It's a 24-hour period of time. Uh, you can start whenever you want and then end whenever you want, as long as it's a 24-hour period of time. Now, uh, I'm not legalistic about it, but I try to be faithful and disciplined with it. Uh, but Christy and the kids were out of town, and I have about 100 house projects that I'm working on, one of which is tiling a shower. Uh, and so I decided last Friday afternoon I was going to finish this entire wall of tile. And I went at it, and it was not going well. I mean, I was, it was slow going. You ever work on a project, and it's just like you're, you're trudging it out. You're just trying to get it done. And I was tired. I was, it started towards the end of the day. And I kept going, and I just kept pushing harder and harder. And hit 5 o'clock, I didn't stop. I kept going. I wrapped up around 11 o'clock at night, exhausted and only half done with the wall. And... Uh, and, and so you know what I did? I went to bed and I got up the next morning and I was a, a bit rested and, um, you know, from a good night's sleep. And I went back to work and I finished the rest, the other half of that wall in an hour and a half. See, when we work out of exhaustion and worry and pressure and stress, we're inefficient. It's like you're spinning your wheels. You're, you're not getting done what you could get done if you were at your best. And that's how God invites us to live our lives, live our lives out of our best. Start with rest, start with our connection with him, start with that peace that comes from that. And then we can come into our work with our heads on straight and our hearts right, and we can get more done and we can move faster and do better work. And that's how God designed things to work. But that's not what we do. We get up first thing in the morning, we run all day long, and then we fall into bed at night hoping to get enough sleep to recover to be able to do it all again. And that's the treadmill our culture is on, and that's the treadmill that God, through Sabbath, calls us off of into a much better life. So I skipped Sabbath last weekend altogether. I worked, I, I tiled the shower, I built a chicken coop, I did about four other projects around the house. I went and picked up my tractor at the lawnmower store because I blew up my last tractor. Um, that's a whole nother sermon illustration. But, uh, and, and that was just a horrific experience in customer service because they, I, they left me standing in the parking lot in 90 degree weather for an hour, it was awful. But I got my tractor and I was delirious by the time I got it. And then I went and I mowed the grass. And then I worked on building something else into the night. And you know what? When I woke up Monday morning, I felt like I was run over by a bus. I violated Sabbath and rest all weekend long. And by Monday morning, I was shot. And all week long this week, I have been tired I have been not working at my best. I have been distracted. I've not felt well. That's what happens to us when we violate God's principle. You know, Israel, the nation of Israel, built their whole culture around this idea of Sabbath. They built their week, this seven-day week, with, the, with the, the seventh day being a day of rest. They built their festivals around it. They even... They even had a Sabbath for their land. Every seven years, they would rest the land and not plant that particular patch of ground. Now, modern agricultural science, you know, teaches us, knows that you have to rest the land. Like, it, it will recharge the land with nutrients, with, with, uh, with 
all the elements that, that your crops need to grow, you have to rest the land on a regular basis. Well, Israel's been doing this for thousands of years. And if we don't rest the land, it depletes the land and the land will burn out. Now, it's interesting that in this day and age, we've figured out that if we spray petrochemicals on the land, we can get crops to grow, but it's still depleting our land. Like the, the food that we eat today is depleted in vitamins and nutrients, but it'll grow, it'll grow pretty and it'll grow big. We just shoot some more nitrogen and phosphorus on it and it grows, but we're burning out our land. You know what? We do the same thing to our bodies. When we don't rest, we don't regenerate. And we just run on Red Bull and coffee and monster energy drinks. And what we're doing is burning ourselves out. And it might look okay while we're doing that, but eventually there's a price to pay, just like there is with, with the land. Very interesting comparison. And Israel had a Sabbath for their land. How cool was that? Well, in Mark chapter 2, we find Jesus having a run-in with the religious leaders about this issue of Sabbath. His disciples had picked some grain uh, as they were walking along, and that was against their, the religious leaders' rules. See, God had given the people of Israel the Sabbath and said, rest on the Sabbath. And then they made all these rules, uh, so many rules, that they couldn't rest on the Sabbath because they were so busy trying to keep up with all the rules, and Jesus wasn't playing their game. And, uh, and then Jesus uh, kind of gets in their face about it a little bit. And then in Mark 2, 27, he says this, and this is the spirit of the Sabbath. He says this, then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Let me say that again. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God made the Sabbath as a gift for you. And for me, that's the spirit of the law. He made us, he knows what we need. He wants you to live your best life. And in order for you to do that, you need to rest and recover once every seven days. You need to connect, slow down and connect with your God in a deeper way once every seven days. You need to build into relationships at least once every seven days if you're going to be a healthy person and be at your best. Sabbath, ultimately, though, is about trusting God. It's about trusting God and about being refreshed by Him. It's about trusting Him because you have to stop work. And, and, and for most of us, we are so, or for, I don't know about most of us, for a lot of us, we're so driven and so afraid that if we don't, if we stop working, that was me last week, if I stop working, I won't get these things done. I gotta push and I gotta push. And God says, no. Take a break. Work hard when it's time to work, but rest and take care of yourself when it's time to rest and take care of yourself. And so that's what we do. That's what Sabbath is about. We have to trust God in, able, in order to be able to stop. And when we do, we can find rest and refreshment. And we can learn the lesson because God will show you this, that he will supply all your needs and even more abundantly than if you just work your butt off. You know, if you can't turn it off at the end of the week, if you can't turn it off at the end of the day, that's a faith issue. And part of the discipline of Sabbath is teaching you that you can trust God. But the temptation is always, it all depends on me. That's the voice in our head. It all depends on me. I got to get more done. I got to work harder. I got to push through. I got to make it happen. And God's saying, look, if you obey me, I'll make it happen. Trust me. Sabbath 
is a discipline in trusting God. You have to make yourself do it. You have to draw a boundary around it. It's totally set aside. Draw a boundary, draw a boundary around it and do it. And do it until you get good at it. Do it until God shows you that he's faithful in it. And, and it will build your faith. And once your faith builds, you'll, you'll begin to have peace. And as you begin to have peace, you'll be a more solid human being mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise. It's kind of like, like running. Nobody likes to run when they start. You have to make yourself go run until you get into running shape. And then running becomes a joy. Running becomes a lifestyle. Running becomes something that you want to do. And the same thing is true with the discipline of Sabbath. And there are great rewards as we discipline ourselves and do this practice. The rewards of, Sa of Sabbath are many. One is that you will go further in less time. You can accomplish more with less time. Um, my favorite example of this, and every time I preach on, on this topic, I, I use this example because there's not a better example. It's Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A uh, restaurant, we just opened one at the, the Highlands and at Saint, in St. Clairsville. Go get some food, but not on Sunday because they're not open on Sunday. Chick-fil-A opened in the 1950s. Um, uh, Truett Cathy was a Christian and his family, it's a family-owned business, and they are still to this day, they're Christians. Uh, and he decided that he was going to honor the Sabbath. And this was in a, in a time when they were beginning to open restaurants on Sunday. This was, uh, but they decided we're going to honor the Sabbath. We're going to keep Sunday set aside. It's going to be healthier for our employees. And God says to do this. And so they did. And earlier on, it was much easier. But as the restaurant industry discovered, Sunday is a huge, a huge sales day in the restaurant business. And so every other fast food restaurant and, and almost every other restaurant opened on Sundays because there was, there, was, there was money that they were leaving on the table otherwise. And they just are open seven days a week. But Chick-fil-A never did come along. And to this very day, they're not open on Sunday. Their greatest competitor is McDonald's. Now, McDonald's is open in many cases 24 hours a day, but all McDonald's are open seven days a week. And the average McDonald's store will do about $2.5 million in business a year. That's a lot of money. But the average Chick-fil-A store in six days does $6 million in business. Two and a half times the business. They can do more with less time because they are obeying God. And the same thing is true for you. It's the same principle with tithing. These two practices, Sabbath and tithing, are huge faith builders. And there's practical things that if we will discipline ourselves and obey God in these areas, you will see the blessing on the other end. Tithing, if you don't know what that is, we take the first 10% of what God blesses us with, our income, and we give it back to God. And you talk to anybody who tithes, including me, and they'll tell you, I wouldn't do it any other way. I can go so much further on 90% and God's blessing than I can go on 100% without it. God multiplies. This is God's math. He multiplies our efforts. He multiplies our money. He blesses us when we obey. I have some some uh, I had a roof done on my house several years ago. I was remodeling a, an old uh, Victorian house in Woodsdale and uh, had a roof done and I had a, a, a just a, a, 
a regular construction crew come in and do the roof and they did it wrong and it took them almost a month. It was, it was a, well, you've heard me tell, if you've heard me tell the stories about that house, it almost killed me. That was awful. Well, I had to, had to replace that roof three years later because the first crew did it wrong. And so I hired um, an Amish crew to come in and they had it done in two days and they had it done right. And I have another friend who's Amish um, and I was talking to him not too long ago and I said, tell me about what you guys do on Sunday. What's, what's your Sunday look like? You know, well, we go to church and then we'll have family meal. And I'm like, do you do any work on Sunday? Nope, they still honor Sabbath. And I, I was talking just, just the other day to a friend of mine who's a contractor, and he was just marvel, marveling at how much work the Amish crews get done uh, because uh, when they work, they work, and they really work, and they show up, and, they, and, and they're very efficient, and they get, they get way more work done. And, um, and I'm just, you know, and I, and I wonder how much of that is the fact that they take seriously and obey God's commandment. I think you can get way more done during your week if you obey God on the weekend, if you obey Him on, on the Sabbath. You can go further with less time and God's blessing. Absolutely true. You know, another benefit of, of following the Sabbath is your faith will grow. Uh, it, your faith will grow because you're going to see God come through. And, and, a, and a third benefit is simply this. You're going to become a healthier person because as your faith grows, your anxiety drops. You are a centered person. You are physically healthier because you're giving your body what it needs. You're spiritually healthier because you're connecting with God. You're emotionally healthier because you're connecting with other people. You are a healthier person. Your health depends on this. I am tired of people going around going, I'm tired, I'm tired. Like, let's just start obeying God on this. Your health depends on it. You know, before I married Christy, when she was living up in Rochester, New York, she drove an old uh, Ford Mustang. Now, this wasn't the cool Ford Mustang. This, was, this, was, this one was made during the Mustang years that weren't, you know, we'd like to forget. But she, that's what she drove. Uh, and uh, Christy didn't know a whole lot about car mechanics and uh, maintenance. And she never changed or checked the oil. And... Uh, Eventually, that car seized up and the engine froze and it was done. It was, it was, a, it was a boat anchor and uh, blew up the car. Now, uh, a little bit of preventative maintenance could have gone a long way in, in extending the life of that car. Today, we have check engine lights, right? And the check engine light comes on and that lets you know there's something wrong with your car. But oftentimes, by the time that check engine light comes on, the damage is already done to the car. You know, we have a check engine light as well. You know, when, when we begin to, to become easily angered, our temper is short, our relationships get strained, or there's anxiety. These are just a few of the things that are, are part of our check engine light uh, dashboard. And, um, and you can feel it in your chest, can't you? You know when, it's, I know, at least I know when that's beginning to happen to me. And what Sabbath is, is God's saying, don't wait for the check engine light. Because oftentimes the damage is already done. If you'll just do regular maintenance, if you'll just change your oil every 3,000 miles, if you'll just take a day every seven days and catch your breath 
and connect with God and connect with other people and, and, and feed your soul and let your body recoup, man, you are going to be good for the long haul. And it will save you so much damage and, 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 and everything else, damage to your relationships, damage to your health, everything else down the road. It'll keep you running at, at full capacity, not damaging your engines. But it's an act of discipline, isn't it? Getting your oil changed at 3,000 miles is an act of discipline. It's like, I'm going to do this because it's good for my engine. It'll keep my engine running. Well, Sabbath, I'm going to do this because it will keep me running in tip-top shape. You know, several years ago now, I burned out. Uh, I, I had health issues, but I think a lot of my health issues had to do with the fact that I was working 70, 80 hours a week. It wasn't a healthy way to go. I wasn't taking a Sabbath. I violated this principle for years and years. And, uh, you know, in some ways, I'm still recovering from that. Damage was done. But I find when I honor God and I obey Him in this, my week is better and I gain as I go. And so will you. And it doesn't mean that life won't get hard. Life will get hard. There'll be pressures. You're going to deal with difficult situations and situations and difficult people. But you're going to be a different person in the process, a better person, a peaceful person, a centered person, a more powerful person. Sabbath is worth doing. Well, how do we do it? I, I know some of you are saying, well, I, how do how do we how do you Sabbath? Well, well, I'm just going to give you a few quick pointers. First thing is this, pick a 24-hour period once a week. For most of us in our culture, it's Sunday is Sabbath. That's, the, that's, that's how our, our culture is set up historically. For some of us, that doesn't work. You work on Sunday, so pick another day to set aside and rest and connect with God and connect with people, but pick a day. For me, it's Friday from 5 p.m. to Saturday at 5 p.m. because I work on Sunday. And that works out real well for me. For the Hebrew and, and Jewish people, uh, it, it is a, a day starts in the evening. It starts at sunset and goes to sunset the next day. So they're Friday evening to Saturday evening. But whatever works for you, but do it. And when you do, protect it from work. Rest, recreate, refresh, worship God. Do some good. Jesus taught us that we can do good on the Sabbath. Just don't do so much that you don't rest and you don't give yourself a chance to rest. And, and, and you're going to need to set boundaries around it because everything in our culture is pushing us to just keep working. But I want to encourage you, don't be legalistic like the religious leaders of Jesus's day. Uh, just refrain from doing your usual work. I refrain from doing church work on Sabbath. Um, I'll tool around, I'll tool around the house and the property. I'll build things cause that's fun for me. My temptation is to overdo it and work so hard that my body doesn't get to rest and that's no good. And so you have to have limit, you know, you got to know you and set some limits around that, but go have fun, go spend time with your family, uh, do things that give you life and recharge your batteries. You know, God doesn't want us getting all legalistic about the Sabbath, but he does want us to be disciplined about it. He wants you to be disciplined about it, like do this. And not because he wants to give you another rule to follow, but because he loves you and he wants you to live the best life possible. 
Sabbath, my friends, is countercultural. Our culture is not doing this, and we have been walking away from this for many years now. But our culture, let's be honest, it's pretty jacked up. Everybody's tired, and things aren't going well. So it's time, church, it's time to start living counter to our culture in good ways, in God ways, and definitely in this way. And so I challenge you, I double dog dare you, try Sabbath and see what happens. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you have uh, come after us to show us uh, what God is really like, Lord, to, to clarify what Sabbath is all about, that it is a gift for us, that we, were, we weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made to keep us moving in the right direction, to keep us healthy, to keep us fully alive, God. And I pray for every person within the sound of my voice that they would experience your life in all of its fullness and that they would have the courage to stand up, be countercultural, to obey you and to experience the blessing the increase, the health, and the life that comes when we do. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.